Let's pray. Lord, we bring our lives before you this morning. Lord, we open up our hearts to you, to your Holy Spirit's power working in us, speaking to us, teaching us, leading us through your word today. God, each one of us, Lord, we, we open ourselves up and say, Lord, lead us today. Teach us, change us, correct us, heal us, whatever it is that each person needs today from you. God, I pray that you'd be meeting us right where we are. And God, we know that you are with us. You are around us. You are in us. You hold all these things together by your very word. So Father, I pray that you would be at work in power amongst us today. God, I pray that our minds and our hearts would be open to receive what your word instructs to us today. We submit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we took a couple weeks off of a series we were doing called Empowered to Serve. And we started talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit being a part of our lives and that you and I, every single one of us has a part to play in the body of Christ. Every one of us is gifted in some way. And we started talking about that, and we're going to continue to talk about it, but we took a couple weeks off. We had Easter service, and we had baptism service last week, which was a lot of fun. Uh, Jason Harris led the charge for both of those Sundays. I was gone for Easter, and then he led us through the baptisms, and he's not here today, but I just wanted to, to give him a kudos and a shout out to you guys. So appreciate Jason just uh, taking the bull by the horns and carrying us through the last two weeks. Uh, if, you, if you've been around, you, you know Jason, and he serves well, and he loves you guys. And, and uh, so I just want to honor him this morning for all of his hard work the last couple weeks leading us as a church. Really appreciate that. But I want to continue on with the idea uh, and, and the biblical concept of being empowered by the Holy Spirit and what that means for you and I in a practical, everyday way of life way. And um, This week... It was a heavy week, really, for us, and for a lot of different reasons, a lot of different things going on, a lot of things I, I just can't get into all of them here. It's just, it was heavy. One of them was our good friend Kevin Acey passed away last Sunday. Kevin was an elder in this church for somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years. Uh, when I showed up here, I was 20 years old and a little rough around the edges, and Kevin was one of those guys in my life that was able to take some of those edges off. <laughs> He was a good influence, and um, I remember many, many intense conversations with Kevin over the years and in the ways he was an influence in my life, and to lose him so young, he was only 60 years old, left behind some very young grandchildren, and just a sad week. This place was packed to the walls uh, with people on, they did a very quick turnaround for his funeral, it was on Thursday, and uh, just a lot, there's a lot, and life is, life is heavy sometimes. And when it, when it gets heavy and we, we just, you know, we start to lose, like we, we're not on top of our game. We don't have everything together. We don't have all the answers. We don't always know what to do. And that kind of played into what my message would be this week as I was going through my week and just kind of feeling all the feelings of the week. Uh, there was one phrase that the Holy Spirit kept dropping in my heart, and it was this, my sheep know my voice, my sheep know my voice. The sheep hear my voice. And I kept feeling that, and I'm like, yeah, God, I believe that. I believe that you speak. And, but I started digging into the passages on it, and lo and behold, it turns out to be what I'm going to talk about today. And when it comes to the idea of being empowered by the Holy Spirit, we have to come, we, we can talk about the gifts, and we're, we're going to continue to do that, but I feel like it, you know, God has really led us to a point this week of 
of really having to stop to take the time to establish something very firmly in our hearts and minds, and it's this. He speaks. God speaks. God is always speaking. He has always been speaking. His Spirit is with us. See, it's very important, and I've talked about it a lot recently, but I'm just going to keep talking about it. God is not off in outer space somewhere, occasionally picking up the phone and calling down to earth and having something to say. The entire earth is filled with His Spirit. He's all around right now. He's in us right now. I mean, if, if, if it helps you to picture it like this, sometimes I think of it just like fog almost. It's everywhere. It's all around you. God is accessible to you and I every second of every day. He's right here. He's right up here with me. He's right there in your seat with you. He's in your heart, and He's influencing you. His Spirit is influencing your heart and mind. God's wanting to get into your soul and lead you, push you certain directions in life, help you make decisions, help you navigate the difficulties that, that you have to walk through in your life. So today I want to unpack some scriptures that talk about that because sometimes, I'm, I'm sure there are many of you in the room that go, I believe God speaks, but I'm not sure I hear from God. How do you do that? Couldn't that be dangerous, you know, if God told me to just, you know, sell everything and move to China? I mean, something like crazy like that. Yeah, God speaks and he speaks to you. And I want to begin to convince you of that and tell you that God has designed a system that's, that's healthy for you and I to hear from him. Clem was just talking about it. Clem Ferris is one of our overseers. Just three weeks ago, right before Easter, he talked about this. And, and if you miss that message, you're going to want to go back and you want to listen to it again because it's fundamental to this idea that God has designed a structure in which you and I can hear from God and be submitted to one another in that, and God will lead us. God isn't leading us all in random, chaotic directions. He's leading us as a unified body of Christ in a direction, bringing His kingdom to the earth. And it's something for you and I to come to grips with and understand and wrestle with, I hear from God. God is speaking to me all the time. He's influencing, He's nudging, He's urging, He's prompting, whatever you want to call it, God is speaking. And so today I want to look at some passages of Scripture. I'm going to start out in John chapter 10, and I'm going to read a somewhat of a lengthy analogy that Jesus makes. And, and as we're talking about hearing from God listen for those words. Listen for those key words throughout this story that teach us about hearing from God. Jesus is speaking and he says this, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. 
If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I laid down my life for the sheep, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold, I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus is using the analogy of the sheep and the shepherd. And we kind of talked about this a number of weeks ago. We were talking about the armor of God and talking about spiritual warfare and kind of the the whole uh, military kind of tough guy kind of thing. But we always have to remember, and we joked about this a few weeks ago, we really are just sheep. We're like warrior sheep. Not particularly intimidating. Not particularly scary. God calls us sheep. Now, sheep aren't very cooperative, They don't smell very good. They're sometimes difficult. They need coerced. They need herded. They need led to food. They need led to water. You and I are sheep. And in that analogy, we recognize our weakness and our depravity, our inability really to even take care of ourselves. Left to our own devices, we're pretty self-destructive. And so Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one who comes along and he leads his sheep And he calls them out by name. Did you catch that in there? He calls them by name. He knows your name. He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your mind. And he's influencing you like a good shepherd. He knows where to lead you. He knows where the good pasture is. He's the gateway to that flock. There's an abundant life that comes from the shepherd who leads you and I. And how does he do that leading? with his voice. He's speaking. Yes, he speaks through his word, but he also speaks through his spirit. To you and I, every day, all the time, God is influencing us. You know, when we, sometimes when we think of God speaking, we think of um, big uh, declaring of things uh, to come and significant things that we see in the scripture, and that's very true. God has decrees like that. But I think we all can get our mind around the idea that every single one of us, when we came to Christ, if you have given your life to Christ, if you felt that tug in your heart and you responded to that call, do you know what that was? It was the voice of the shepherd. God was speaking to you, calling you into his kingdom by his spirit, bringing an influence to you. You know, when you're driving down the road and somebody crosses your mind and so you just decide to call them or you decide to pray for them and it turns out your timing was perfect? You ever have things like that that happen? They're not coincidence. I don't believe they're coincidence. God is influencing us all the time as His people. He's wanting to shepherd us. And the question becomes, are we listening for the voice of our shepherd. First and foremost, we do need to acknowledge that this is about salvation, first of all. It's about the calling of people into the kingdom of God. The voice of the shepherd calls out 
to the sheep, and he starts to call them out by name, and they come through into the flock of God. They become part of the family of God, because God is speaking. But I want to I go even further than that, and acknowledge that God is speaking all the time to you and I through His Holy Spirit, through the influence, the impression, the pushing of God in our souls, in the way we make decisions, in the way we live. And we know we need to be shepherded, if that's a word. He is the only way. You, you hear these relational words that Jesus uses in this passage. I know my own, and my own know me. See, God has designed His salvation and His kingdom and us as His people to know Him personally, not about Him. We can stand up here and we can talk about God. We can know all kinds of facts about God. But God hasn't called us to just know about Him. He's called us to know Him, like personal understanding relationship. We talk about having a relationship with God, and some people get uncomfortable. How can human beings have any kind of a functional relationship with an omnipotent, totally all-powerful, super amazing above everything God? Well, we can because He made that possible for us. And the way we relate to God is He speaks and we obey. And He speaks and we obey. And we study His Word and we obey. And there's a relationship a dialogue, a back and forth, a walking out of life with God. And my challenge and question to you this morning is, first of all, do you know that you hear from God? And second of all, are you listening? When God is pushing you a certain direction, bringing conviction or direction, are you obeying and responding? Or are we just taking up our own authority and leading ourselves, making our own decisions? He is the good shepherd. It reminds me of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Because I'm a sheep and I need one. (laughs) I need a shepherd. But this is what this shepherd does. He doesn't beat me with his hooked shepherd's staff. The Lord is my shepherd. I won't be in needing of anything at all. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I like that picture of that shepherd. And I know for myself and for all of us in this room, we need those green pastures. We need those still waters because life isn't giving those to us. Life isn't providing those things for us at all. But God will lead us in that because He's a good shepherd. But if He's leading, if He's going somewhere, if He's going from place to place, how do I know where He's going? How do I know where He's wanting to lead me if I'm not listening, if I'm not paying attention to that Holy Spirit around me and in me and His influence in my life? We need to hear and listen and respond to God. We need to, just in this idea of him being the good shepherd, look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he was irritated with them. This is where you say, no, you're wrong. Sorry, that's not what my Bible says. What does it say? What did he have? Compassion. Do you believe that about your God? That he has compassion 
for you, that he looks on his sheep. They're harassed like sheep without a shepherd. I don't know about you, but I feel harassed sometimes. I need lead. Life is challenging. I make it difficult enough by myself, let alone everything else that goes on. I need a shepherd. I need someone to lead me. I need to find those still waters. But if I'm not taking the time to be led, I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm just going to run in circles and in chaos and in the noise and the distraction. But I want to take the time and listen. See, we're talking about being empowered, and there's a connection here. There's all these gifts of the Spirit. There's all these promises of God of, of what He wants to do with us and amongst us. And, and how he's empowered us to operate. And we ask questions like, what is my gift? What is my calling? How do I fit in this picture? We're like, well, you can take this test online, or you can talk to your friends, or this and that. But there really is only one way to really know, and it's for God to show you. Who am I? No one can tell you that better than him. No one can lead you better than him. But if you're not listening for what he's doing, he speaks through his word. He speaks through his spirit. He influences us. And we begin to pray. We need to pray. We need to take the time. And prayer is not just talking. It's listening. There's both, both sides of prayer. There's dialogue here. I'm, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to be quiet and listen. God, how are you influencing me? God, what are you saying? How do I respond to that? He is a good shepherd a good shepherd will walk with you. A good shepherd leads you. He doesn't abandon you to the wolves. He doesn't go off into outer space until he returns someday, leaving you in the middle of the chaos. He's right here, shepherding you and I, speaking. Are we listening for that voice, for that leadership in our lives? Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, very popular scripture. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. What does this tell us about Jesus? Knock, knock. He's doing something. He's knocking. He's speaking out to you. He's looking for you. He wants to engage with you. He wants to come in and dine with you. Jesus wants to do life with you. He wants to be a part of your everyday life. He's looking for people who will invite him in to be a part of their lives to be the leader of their lives, to be the voice of authority and the shepherd of our souls. But we have to let him in and let him influence and respond to him in obedience and in relationship in order to walk that out. If we don't take, make the intentional, deliberate decision to listen and follow God, we are constantly distracted by the noise of the world around us. It's loud. I have plenty of things to occupy my time and attention. And if I don't take that time to, to get by that, that, get in that green, lie down in that pasture by the still waters to let my soul be restored by God and just quiet myself and go, God, how are you leading me? E even this week, I, this is often the case. This is how I figure out what I'm going to talk about on Sundays. I sit in my office and sometimes it happens in a moment, and sometimes it takes days. God, what do you want me to talk about on Sunday? The sheep know my voice. That's all I kept hearing. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, okay. But then I start digging into the passages of Scripture and all those kind of things. Why? It's God is speaking. His Spirit is right there, knowing what God wants to do. We need to listen for that voice. If we just start taking actions on our own accord or under our own authority, 
then we become God. We become the gods of our lives rather than letting him be the God of our lives. So he's standing there. He's knocking. If you hear my voice, you know, when God called you into his kingdom, did he speak to you audibly? Probably not. That does happen, but it's very rare. God is spirit, the Bible says. He is spirit. He's invisible, not audible. It's in your soul. It's inside of you, in your spirit, where you hear from God. You hear from God. I, I'm confident enough to guarantee you that every one of you is hearing from God all the time and you don't even necessarily know it. God is speaking all the time. He's influencing all the time. Not necessarily great declar- uh, declarations of what's to come or anything like that, but just, hey, when, you, when you're coaching somebody to hear from God, hey, let's just pray, let's be quiet. What do you feel like God's saying to you? You don't have to be right. You can get it wrong. Like, we have to learn this. In fact, the church is a great place to start to go, I feel like, see, we're humble and we're submitted about what God is speaking to us because we're mutually submitted one to another. God has designed an order and a system. See, this is where people start to get nervous. Like, if God is speaking to everybody, then we could all just go in all these chaotic different directions with no order. But that's not true. The Bible has designed order and structure and authority for these things to work. And we'll talk more about that in weeks to come. And Clem was teaching us about that. But we all are hearing, and we need to test it. And one of the things, I, I've, this has happened to me a number of times, praying with somebody just quiet. Guys, God is speaking. Just, you know, he's, he's bringing spontaneous revelation, spontaneous thought in, inside of our soul. And we report on that. And we are absolutely fallible in that. But do you know what? Most of the time when I've been praying with somebody about hearing from God, you know what the first thing they hear is? Almost every single time. Any guesses? I love you. That wrecks people. Like, I'm waiting for God to go, you're an idiot. Or something like that. But he doesn't. It's like, okay, I'm going to quiet myself. I'm going to listen. God, what are you saying to me? I love you. Really? I, that's what I'm hearing, but that could just be me. It could just be my mind. Does it line up with the scripture? Does God love you? Absolutely he does. Not only does he speak it in the moment, he put it in his word, his timeless, eternal truth. God loves you. That will always be true. But when, he, when it's personal like that, oh man, God is speaking. He's shepherding us. He wants us to hear from him. If you love me, John chapter 14, verse 15, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate or helper to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you do know him, for he abides with you and will be in you. This isn't it. It's him. God in spirit. It is personal. It's relational. It's not a force or a power around you. It is the personality of God with us. And in us. And the world can't receive it, but we do. An advocate to be with us forever. Remember Jesus, we we looked at this in John chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to your advantage that I go away. Well, we understand there were a lot of advantages to Jesus going away. But one of them was this. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus has sent some 
one to help us. How does he help us if he's not influencing us, if he's not speaking? Is he just sort of silently arranging circumstances? No, the Spirit speaks. It bear, he bears witness with our spirit, it says in Romans. We'll look at that in a minute. Jesus said this in John 16, verse 12, I still have much to tell you, but you cannot yet bear to hear it. Jesus had more to say to his disciples, but this is right before his death. He is about to die. He has all these things he would like to say, but he knows they can't handle it right now. They they can't handle all the things that Jesus is going to share with them. He's about to die. However, he answers this question, this situation by saying, however, when the spirit of truth comes, he will, what does he do? He guides. I, I don't know about you, but I want to be guided. I want to be guided. How do I do that if I'm not listening or paying attention to how God is guiding me? How is that happening? How is that relationship taking place? It is just that. It's a relationship between you and the Holy Spirit of God. He wants to guide you. Are you listening? Are you listening for that guidance? Are you paying attention to how God is influencing your soul? However, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not... Here's another communication word. He will not speak on his own. What does, it, what does this tell us? He does speak. The Holy Spirit is speaking, but he doesn't speak on his own. He speaks what he hears. He will declare it to you what is to come. He will glorify me by taking from what is mine and disclosing it to you. We are receiving from Christ and from God the Father through the Holy Spirit. He is disclosing stuff to us. Do you understand? Do you hear that? He's wanting to give something. And we know that ultimately, at its highest level, this is the Word of God coming to the original apostles and those kinds of things, but it's also part of our everyday lives. God is disclosing to us what is His, what He knows, how He wants to influence us. But are we receiving that disclosure? We have to be listening. We have to be paying attention in order to receive it. Everything that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and disclose it to you. There's this idea that our relationship with the Spirit of God is one of guiding us and speaking to us and disclosing to us the things that are God's. That's exciting. That just brings a certain kind of edge of colorfulness to to our relationship with God. He's not an inanimate object that we just kind of know about He is someone who's called us to relate to Him in a personal way so that He can shepherd us in all the directions that He wants us to go. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation. This is Romans chapter 8. We have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Implying we can be led by the Spirit of God. Now again, ultimately, this is salvation. The calling of God came to us and led us from darkness into light. But then we go on and we follow God's leadership all the days of our lives. It isn't like you just 
pray the prayer one time and get a little get into heaven certificate and then you're done. No, God has called you on a journey, a relational journey with him to live the life he's called you to live. You are empowered to serve. If you want to understand really what that empowerment is or how deep it goes or how you're called in this situation, you've got to be relating to God himself directly because no one can shepherd you like he can. No one can tell you all the details of how he wants you to go and these, this and that like he can. You have to have a relationship with God himself. This is one of the most amazing things about the New Testament. When Jesus died on the cross, he became the priest. We don't need a priest anymore. You don't relate to God through me. You don't relate through a priest. You don't relate through anyone else. Not a prophet, not a preacher, not a priest, not your parents. You relate to God directly yourself. And that's so, so important. You don't need another mediator. But how do we do that? It is a relationship, a communication, a communion, prayer, dialogue, listening, responding. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And and in contrast to the flesh, what does it mean to be led by the flesh? Again, literally in this context, this is the idea that you can save yourself. It's a legalistic thing. You aren't led by doing all the right things all all the time and then you'll be good enough for God. A legalistic kind of approach. That's really literally what this is talking about. But I don't think it's a stretch to say all the things we do in the flesh to lead ourselves, whether it's greed or lust or whatever, whatever we're coveting or jealous about, and we're allowing our fleshly nature to lead us in our decisions. I want what I want, and I want it now, and that's how I'm going to lead myself, with that kind of thinking and that kind of decision making. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm the boss. But that's not, that's not what life by the Spirit is. Life by the Spirit is, I am nothing. I was bought at a price. I'm submitted to you, God. What do you want me to do? Help me understand. Help me hear. Listen, we don't just wake up one day and hear super clearly God all the time. That's not how it works. We're fallible creatures. We don't get in touch with our spirit very often because the world around us is so noisy. But we have to get to that quiet place where we're, where, we're, where we're testing what God is saying to us. And we do. We need to test it. See, this, this sounds like it could lead to chaos if, if, if we let it get out of control. But that's not what God's designed. And so when we start to hear from God, and we start to submit that thing. Journal it. Write it down. Even if it's some wacky, wonky thing. And you're like, I don't know if that was God or just the pizza I ate last night. But I'm going to write it down and see if God fulfills it in time. Or I'm going to submit it to the people that I respect. Or I'm going to, if it's something big, I'm going to submit it to the leaders of the church. And we're going to pray about this and we're going to test the spirits. And we'll talk more about that as we move more into what we call the prophetic from now on. Why does the Bible say, your sons and daughters will prophesy? What does that mean? That giving of a report from God. Well, you'll have to stay tuned for that. We don't have time to get into that today. But we do have to get down to that very basic reality that the Spirit of God is speaking to you. He's speaking, He's influencing, He's touching, He's nudging, bumping you along. Are we paying attention to our shepherd who's leading us? For you did not receive a spirit of slavery. See, you received a spirit. That's kind of creepy when you put it that way. But it's the Spirit of God. You've received it. It's something to be accessed, used, relating to. And it's not even it, it's he, like I already said. You did not receive a spirit of slavery that returns you to fear, which has to do with 
legalism and earning your salvation and earning your relationship with God, but you receive the spirit of sonship by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies. What is it? If He's testifying, what's He doing? He's he's speaking. He's saying. The Spirit is testifying with our spirit, whoa, that we are God's children. What is this? This is a spiritual speaking and interaction between you and God. And, And right when, you know, it's a major component when we get saved. I am a child of God. I have this assurance. The Spirit of God has come to live with me and in me and lead me. And there's an agreement somehow in an invisible way. There's a speaking there, a dialogue, a relationship, a connection, if you will. And if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ? What? Do you... Realize the magnitude of this statement. You have an inheritance with Christ Himself. That's powerful. That tells me something about how special you are to God. You are an heir, a co heir with Christ. So, because we have the Spirit of God, He expects us to live by it, to listen, to respond. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. As it is said, and he's quoting Psalm 95. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. What's the author of Hebrews encouraging these people? Don't, when you're hearing the voice of God, don't let your heart get hardened towards it. Don't ignore it like they did in the rebellion. He's talking about a rebellion that took place in the Old Testament. God had led the people out of Egypt, but they were rebelling against Moses even though they'd already heard from God. Very important that you and I also, when we hear the calling of God in our lives, when we feel Him, the good shepherd nudging us along. You know, there's a reason there's a hook in the end of the shepherd's staff. And it's to get around the neck of the sheep, to pull them, steer them, get them out of a bad situation. God does that with you and I. By His Spirit, He reaches out around your neck and goes, Hey, why don't you go this direction? Let me influence your decisions a little bit more this way. Hey, I don't like that behavior. Let's, let's adjust. Some of us think God just kind of goes, whack, straighten up. But he is a loving shepherd. He's a good shepherd. He wants to give you everything you need. He wants to lead you uh, to green pastures and to lay down beside still waters and restore your soul. Can't do that if we're not listening. If we're not paying attention. For not obeying. I don't know about you. That sounds good to me. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my phone throughout the week. I'm looking at the news. I get sucked into it. I'm looking at the world. I'm going, oh my goodness, the Bible is true. In the end times, there will be blah, 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 blah. Lots of messy, bad, chaotic stuff. And it just keeps getting worse and worse. And the Bible said it would. So who are we? A people of hope. The sheep of his flock. People hear and respond to God who can have peace in the middle of the chaos, who can lay down beside the still water in the middle of a world of chaos. Why? Because we have a good shepherd who speaks. Would you stand? 
Seven times in the book of Revelation in those letters he says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. He is speaking. Do we have the ears to hear? Not these ears on the side of my head. He's speaking in the Spirit. Am I listening? Am I paying attention? He cares. Are we listening? I hope that you're provoked this week to quiet, take some time and quiet down and just pray. Just listen. Even if, even if you think, even if you're off, even if you think you got it wrong, hey, you got to start testing that stuff. You know, you don't just, when you're a baby, you don't just come out of the womb and start talking and interacting. It's one little step at a time. You start to learn. You learn the language. You learn to pay attention. You start to distinguish God's voice better and better and better as time goes on. But you got to start somewhere. Don't be afraid to start. He cares about you. He wants to shepherd you. He wants to lead you. Lord, we do thank you today that you do lead us. And you want to lead us. And you care about us. You use this sheep analogy so many times in Scripture. You, you leave the 99 to get the one. You know, you guard against the wolves. You're the gateway. All those things. God, we're so thankful that you speak. You are an aloof God. You're right here with us, having experienced in the flesh what we have experienced, and yet laying down your life for us. God, I pray for every person here. I know I'm confident there are some that are just like, whatever, I can't hear from God. Lord, I pray that you would change their minds and show your love and your care and your compassion for your sheep. God, that those that are struggling with the idea, Lord, that, that, that you would be coming alongside and reassuring them. Even in that reassurance, that's you speaking. You're bringing a word of life, direction, and security into lives. God, I pray that you would lead each one of us, that we'd be able to experience that relationship with you in a deeper way. Lord, I pray for testimony even to come out of this of people kind of going, well, maybe God's been speaking to me about this and I just thought it was my own mind or something. Lord, lead us. Thank you that you are the good shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.